Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Book. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. So let's start at the beginning. So thank you for coming to the uh, my podcast and for being interviewed and everything. Tell everybody, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Sherelle Griffith and I am a chartered marketer who spends my days being a mixture of a marketing strategist and an online business mentor. Fabulous. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how did you, so let's go back to Sherelle and the, the background of Sherelle, the run up to 2020, because obviously the COVID section is a different conversation. But yeah. how did you start little Sherelle with her dolls or <laughs> books and everything to where you are now? So as a child, I was pretty geeky, like into my maths and science, but also creative. So I actually performed as a teenager and very much was always like split between like those two sides so as long as I could I tried to like do both sides and then in the end I ended up going to uni to do um, a dance degree because I said that my body would fail me before my brain did so I might as well try and go after that Um, (laughs) and then actually in my third year we had a student company where some people got chosen to dance and then some people got to manage it and I managed that company and as part of that we had to like booking performances across the country and booking them doing workshops with people and I was responsible for managing the budget and I was marketing so we did some performances actually at our uni in the theatre there and I had to market all the those performances and like do a photo shoot and learn to edit and all that type of fun stuff um and basically by the time I left I was like yeah this is what I want to do like I had always had a bit of a businessy brain um but decided to fully go after that so I went to London um, I did a master's in arts administration and cultural policy so that really I could do basically be in the business side of the arts industry. Um, and during that time, I went to Sadler's Wells, which is like the largest dance venue we have in the UK. Um, and I like that was my dream was to go and work there. The director of marketing and comms at the time was like legendary within the arts industry. And so I was like, right, this I want to work underneath them. Couldn't get to go intern in the marketing department. I had to go and like, I think it was called creative learning or education at the time. Did my three months there like a good girl following all the rules, but managed to get myself up into that department. And they were wanting, this is about maybe 10, what, 12 years ago. They wanted to do a competition where they got people to record videos and submit them on the internet. <laughs> to enter from around the world. The, the aim was, I think, specifically around like someone from each continent. And it wasn't, YouTube wasn't a big thing back then, like dancing, filming yourself dancing and uploading it definitely was not a big thing. But I was like, cool, I can do it. I'm 21. I'm young, ambitious. It's going to happen. And so I did that. I did really well. They were really happy with how that went. And they brought me back to do some freelance work there. And then the next few years, I just did a range of uh, jobs in the performing arts industry, but knew really marketing was what I wanted to get into. And then I finally, in 2012, got my break to be the marketing manager of English National Ballet. And then spent around like a decade, basically, in a mixture of performing arts, whether I worked for like a big agency that did lots of the big West End shows. I worked for a ticketing company. Oh, no, that's just me. My, my, jaw, my, 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 my jaw dropped because you said you worked on West End shows. And now I am oh, yeah. a big, big fan of West End shows. So that was an actual <gasps> kind of face. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. And the, the reality is, like, working on West End shows was a dream for me. Like, as someone that didn't come from London, to go to London 
and get to work on those types of shows. I worked for a company that owned six of the venues in the West End. So I did all their shows and they produced. And then I worked, yeah, one of the biggest agencies in there. Um, and then I worked for a major ticketing, like an international ticketing company. So I got my marketing like skills from a, both, a mixture of like agency side and like in-house. And it was great. And I absolutely had a complete and utter ball of a time. Fab. And so were you... Um... Were you there when COVID happened? Were you working in an agency? So I was working in a ticket agent at that time. So I had probably around, so it would have been about two years before I had decided to start my own business. So I had actually always on the side, what's the word? Moonlighting, that's the word, isn't it? <laughs> always had been moonlighting in terms of helping um, independent artists. Like I've always, I think, had this passion around actually people that are doing they have got a passion and they struggle to make it come a reality because that usually is because they just don't have the full skill set to make it happen so for a long time I'd been helping independent artists that were like wanted to be able to like get funding and go on a tour or if they had a tour and they didn't know how to market their shows and stuff so I always did that on the side and then in 2016 I started a book club called Propel Hers Book Club which is all around reading books for women and um, it was all for women so it was a women only book club that was about books to help support um, professional development and personal success and that really just opened the doors to the whole world of like female entrepreneurs and the online marketing space and the online business space. And through that, I then realized actually I have a skill set here that people absolutely can um, benefit from, even if they're not from the arts. And so in 2018, I officially like pivoted the business to focus on people that were online service providers. And so I'd run that on the side, but because I, I always say to people, people be like, oh, are you going to go full time? And I was like, no, like my whole thing was I knew at some point I didn't want to stay in London unless I became really rich. That doesn't really happen when you're in the performing arts. So <laughs> I wanted to be able to know at some point when I wanted to leave, I had something else to fall back on. But I was in no rush to like turn it full time. But yeah, I was working in tickets agency um, when 2020 came. Obviously, all the theatres got closed. Um, I managed to survive like two rounds of redundancies. But by the autumn, I was told that my job was up. Um, and I had been, so I was someone that lived by myself in London and my flat had actually been, um, had a major issue. So I, two weeks before we went into lockdown, I'd been kicked out of my own property and was living in a hotel. So, um, I was like, I'm not living in my own house. By this point I was in temporary accommodation, but I was like, I'm not living in my own home. And I, I do not, I won't be having a job. And I basically have no reason to be in this city in any way, shape or form. So I decided that because you know, it was the universe telling me, just go for this full time. Go for it. This will be your pivot moment. This will be the bit where you're like, life fell apart. And it was great. And so I moved back to Nottingham, which is where I was from originally, um, and just focused on the business full time. And I've never looked back. See, that's, that's sort of the same thing that happened with my husband. My husband had always wanted to have his own business. But you sort of, there's something, responsibilities come into your head. And so you know that it's something, but it's like being on a precipice. It's like, I've got to go, but there's something and then an outside force or yeah. whatever says, no, this is it. And he got made redundant and that was 12 years ago. And mm. from the redundancy, he created his own business and we've never looked back, but he would never have left yeah. on his own because he had a wife and two kids and, you know, you need that monthly thing. So yeah. I do believe things happen for a reason that, you know, really? you've, you'd be given that push. Um I should have known that you'd been in performing arts because when we met, all I remember is just in your voice, you can feel your energy. And obviously I met you in person for the first time last year. And you were, I mean, 
you walked into the room and everybody was like drawn to you you know i just knew and it was like oh that's Cheryl, that's Cheryl, yeah, that's Cheryl. you know we'd all seen you off instagram you know we'd been in clubhouse rooms with you and everything but you you looked and gave off an air of just it was just amazing my sister-in-laws were with me they don't follow instagram like i follow instagram and they were drawn to you and they sat with you and talked to you and came away with oh i really like that sherelle oh my god you know because you were so even when you were talking to people you've got such a, a drive and inspiration to 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 push yourself so when covid happened like you say you were semi-homeless you had a side hustle, but you hadn't gone proper. Yeah. Um, so how did the, I always see the COVID being from 20 to the end of 2022. Mm-hmm. How did you find that? Mo- like being in the flat or house, yeah. doing your business on your own? I mean, it definitely was hard. And I still say now, like, actually, for me, the, one of the biggest uh, challenges of being a business owner is like the loneliness of it so obviously Mm. the COVID situation did not make that any better to think to Mm. myself actually I've gone from being in an industry that was very buzzy I was around people every single day always in this environment to feeling very like this is just me on my own working hard and that's one of the reasons why I think I really was drawn to Clubhouse was just just Mm. being able to sit in rooms and chat to people and have these conversations because like talking to people about their business is probably one of my favorite things to do. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I'm always really thankful that I was in a position where I wasn't starting from scratch. So I think some people were there forced to be like, what am I going to do? I was like, well, I already have like the structure of a business. It's just now I've got the time to pour into it. Like I've got the time to take on more clients than I could previously because I had the more time to do that and I could push myself in new ways. Um, I think 21 for me, I think probably was a, it was a difficult year, but I'm like, when I look back at it now, it just feels all a bit like of a a blur. Like actually 21 is the year that's more confusing for me. 20 is really like defined and I know what happened. And Mm. I think I was really like just pragmatic about everything that's happening. Whereas I think 21 was a year that I just was like, but I know I do really believe that that we learn, we learn a lot of people learn a lot. And if you could take those lessons through to later life, like that's been the thing for me. And so I'm, I am thankful just to say that actually it pushed me to start my business. And now I met a whole load of people in Clubhouse, which genuinely like it. Do you still time. do Clubhouse? So I don't do it. No, so I, I did actually run it for. Um, so I used to do a room on a Thursday where people could come and they would. I was in it. <laughs> yeah. I was in it. My goal setting. Yeah, we'd set the goals for the week and then we would share our wins because I'm still a big thing on like we need to share our wins. Running a business mm. is hard. And you need to acknowledge what you are doing and what you're achieving. And so I did run it for over a year. I think it ended up being a year and a half. I don't think I shut it down until 2022. Um, And that ended up bringing me clients. There's actually someone who I co-host a podcast with at the moment that I met in Clubhouse. So I'm like always forever grateful because I think actually if I hadn't have been in lockdown, would I have gotten to that? Who knows? And that actually was a really powerful place for my business same 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 for me i mean yeah. without clubhouse i'd have been i'd had my ill health so i'd already felt like i was housebound for like three years beforehand anyway so mm-hmm. when everyone else went into lockdown it was like all oh, right brilliant so you're joining me i've been here for three <laughs> years and then i discovered clubhouse and obviously i've made great friends from clubhouse i made a lot of connections they got to yeah. know me but mainly it was like 
on a Thursday afternoon, end of my day, I'd go to your room and that was a signal for me of, right, put your computer down. Because I think you you and I are very, like, very driven. We want to I work all the time. Um, but I made connections and I think I would have been a hell of a lot lonelier if it wasn't for Clubhouse. Now, I, I don't go on Clubhouse at all anymore. It sort of, it became that the people that I did interact with stopped being there. It became more American. Mm-hmm. So not that there's anything wrong with being, coming American, but it's like time difference. Yeah. Uh, and people, I always thought that we would stay digital or at least go hybrid. And I'm seeing now that people are actually going more in person. Yeah. They're still keeping the digital, but they are going in more in person. Is is that changed for your business? Are you going to continue to be in the digital? Are you trying to do a hybrid or are you going out more? So I definitely think from a business perspective, it is mine's always going to be like 95% digital. I can't, I like do offer on some of my services, I do offer that they can, like, a person can get their um, strategy day in person. So if you sign up for six months thing, your in-day can be in person. And I do, on, like, my bigger vision, want to do events, as you said. Clearly, I'm a person that likes getting out and about and talking to people. So I do think events will be part of my future model. But actually, I really like having a business that is, like, location independent. So I'm not about to change that drastically to be, like, I need to be in any one position, a place at any one time. Mm, I, I prefer I mean I've got clients that are all over the country and some yeah. abroad and you know I feel that it's I've learned as I've grown my business so mm-hmm. I do things for other people but at the same time they're always teaching me and I think my my why be so confined when you can be so global mm-hmm. you know and learn how different things are going and stuff Hi, I initially began these interviews in March 2021 to coincide with International Women's Day. Through my business, Busy Bee Virtual Assistant, I had been introduced to so many women who had diversified their careers, created their own businesses, and had become more successful in their own rights. My name is Erin, and I founded Busy Bee Virtual and Social Media Assistant Service in the beginning of the global pandemic, June 2020. I had recently had to change my career due to a disability, and I had to give up the idea of conventional working. So I sat and I made a list of what skill sets I had. And from that, Busy Bee was born. So how I help my clients is they have a friendly, dedicated and professional partner in their corner. That's the essence of what I wanted Busy Bee to be. I'm the perfect fit for you if you are a creative freelancer, small business or entrepreneur. And you're getting overwhelmed by the myriad of tasks that you are facing daily. We've all been there, haven't we? Struggling with emails, customer service, website management, and that social media upkeep. My service swoops in to take these tasks right out of your hands, allowing you to concentrate on what you truly love. If you'd like to work with me, head over to my website and press contact. Now let's continue. Are you going to stay as a solo or would you ideally have a dream of having an agency like all the agencies that you worked for? No. So it's actually a really... I know in my core that I do not want to run an agency. So actually, it's it's quite interesting because I think when you talk to people, like I am really committed to marketing. Like it definitely is like, there's many things about me that think I might change over like the next 10, 20, 30 years. But I know how seriously like I take my profession and how much I'm really invested in the power of marketing. And people are like, why don't you have an agency? Like you'd be great to like build up talent and help junior staff and all that. 
but actually I find like managing a team for example really draining and I did that like that's what I did you know beforehand and I think the there are ways to be able to grow your business and that like I have got plans of how you can grow it that doesn't mean actually having to have this full team around you that then you're doing the agency model also many many agencies end up having because of the once you have the overheads of like having the team members and then all that that goes with it they get to a point where they end up having to take on clients that they don't probably want to take on at some points just because of the economics of it like growing an agency and a boutique agency is probably like the hardest type of agency to actually run and I've spoken to many agency owners actually before I even um, went full-time my business about that model and I'm like it's not for me like one of the things I always say to business owners is like as a service provider the biggest like level of satisfaction the biggest impact on how much joy you get out of it you can do work you really love but if you're doing it with the wrong people it's not worth it yeah it takes the joy out of it and and like you say having a team it's not anything against the team again it's the same I've got the same model as you everybody said well you know you why don't you become an agency because you've got so much work coming in and it's like because I want to concentrate on what I'm doing rather than having to train and concentrate on other people's because at the end of the day I've got my standards and I'm always worried and probably would it's my it's my control (laughs) freakness it's whether I would whether their standards would be my standards and I want if it's my name to it it's got to be like to what I want so yeah it's easier and um yeah there's other ways that you can grow it um so what's for the future for you then so we're now going from COVID to now what what do you dream of being? What do you feel as, what have you got coming out? Have you got any offers? Have you got any services? Yeah, so I actually have a new group program, which I've been working on, which is called Shine Online. And I haven't actually gone out anyway, but um, it's new for the autumn. That is really around, so my big thing has been this year, I actually was to niche for the consulting side of my business. So the training side of my business, I've always helped small business owners. That's what it is. That's what it's going to stay. But actually from... Um, a consulting point I have always had a passion for personal finances um and it's one of those things where I feel like people aren't taught enough about how to make money manage money all that type of stuff and actually that industry is not great at marketing themselves and I believe there are some massive change makers in there that aren't getting visible and that is reinforcing some of the old ideals people have about what the industry is like and it stops certain people getting involved so um I'm really have been like focusing on how I like to help the accountant space and the financial services basically market better. And so I've got a program for them that's all around actually how to use online, whether you are someone that's been had a very successful business and now you're trying to go online because actually that still happens. It's weird and people think it's not a thing, but there are plenty of people in that space mm-hmm. that do run their business like that. Or people that are online but just actually struggling because the reality is we are moving into a different time of content. AI is changing the volume that's going out and actually any type of business owner really now needs to focus on how to actually cut through the noise, how mm. to attract the right people. And so what I call that is planning online. That sounds brilliant. I mean, you sort of, it is it's sort of like a, it, it, it's hard to get your head around. Sherelle that is just, I see it's gold, bright yellow, <laughs> sort of, you know, shine, shine, shine. And you sort of have a, a stereotype perception of finance yeah. being like 
So it'd be interesting to see. <laughs> Not that I'm saying that accountants or bookkeepers are boring or anything like that, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how you make those uh, businesses shine. Yeah, and the thing is, there's some people in there that are really interesting. But if the majority of your industry is one way, then it can be challenging for you to start to like push those boundaries because it mm. feels way more radical than it actually is in reality. Yeah, because they have a, you know, like that use people have their preconceived ideas about LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, think, oh, no, no, it's not supposed to be like that. You've got to be professional. It's like, well, you can be professional and still stand out. Yeah. You don't have to wear grey suits and hide. You no. can still, you know. Yeah, my thing's about like how to balance being personable and professional because yeah. actually that's what we need in this world now, especially as someone, if you have a smaller business, because that's actually your power that separates you from like a soulless faceless logo like just a logo and a brand is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> true very true so through your whole career then there yeah. is the uh the question of have you ever experienced a situation be it positive or negative because of your gender i this and obviously i knew this question was coming up and it's a really interesting one because i am sure there was like numerous reasons why at some point in the past my gender has been a negative thing but one thing I would absolutely say having since become a business owner is how amazing the like women in business female entrepreneur community has been that I I am really thankful to be around at this time like I actually think it's not like gender is not a reason to to hold you back right now and I think whilst there are still in some industries running a business can be really challenging and you're not the norm. I just feel like there's endless support now for people mm. to really like not let them hold, that hold them back. Yeah, you're not on the the general consensus amongst all of my interviews. Mm. They might have said, you know, back in the day when they were younger, but mm. in the last 20 odd years, it's it's not really come up to them. They've never really had that experience. They've just had positive experience. And a lot of people have said since COVID and women seeing that they had to strive forward in their own way and starting these businesses and coming online, the communities all came together to push each other up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're not on your own. That's <laughs> Yeah, which I think is a good thing. It's like I try to think about things... You know, whether I've ever had with them, but I was in a female-led business. I worked in a school mm. where there's not very, even though they're really sought after, they're not very, there wasn't very male, many male teachers. Yeah. Um, and the women themselves, again, it was, my husband used to say, if any man walked into the school, that he felt sorry for him because he obviously having to work with 10, 15 women <laughs> You know, and we all PMT at the same time because of uh, hanging around together. It could be sheer hell. But yeah, I haven't. And the only thing I would say that I obviously have come across is I grew up because I'm 47. So I grew up where it was, oh, yes, brilliant. You know, work hard, work hard, work hard. All right, you're going to get married now. Oh, so why are you working? You know, mm. even in this last, you know, it's changed. I tried to talk to my son when I met my boyfriend who became my husband we went to university we weren't supposed to be living together people mm. didn't live together back then when you weren't married but my dad got round it by saying how about the students the students <laughs> sharing a house so there was always an answer whereas now obviously it's it's no big deal yeah. which is it, it is it everything has just changed I think it's lovely I mean I've got two boys but if I had girl I wouldn't be I'd be quite proud 
to push her forward. I think people have realised um, that we're not different just because we're women, yeah. which I think is a good place. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like, I think, you know, I definitely have, like, from Propel Her, I used to meet a lot of women that would be in very male industries and, like, the struggle. I still think, like, the struggle, like, from a corporate perspective is very much there. And, you know, I'm very aware that I worked in an industry that had a lot of women, um, but there would be white straight men that would get helicoptered in to become a leader of departments, and mm. I would be like, well, I've never met any of them at any junior level, so where the heck have they come from? So it's not that I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but I definitely just think actually as a... And I think part of the reason why women in business are so supportive is because there still are challenges. You know, I think when we look at, like, women in business from, like, getting VC funding and all that side of it, for example, the stats are horrendous. Mm. There definitely are women... Now, I know lots of women that are trying to have businesses, like, in the fintech space, and you can't get the funding... The, the process to go through it seems to be so painful and there are so many women that have got great ideas for businesses that aren't able to get the funding so I'm not saying that there is definitely not any issues but I do just believe actually now online has helped it to be the community that even if you feel as if you are being isolated or you're being blocked out from funding and all these types of things you can actually find other people that are in the same situation and at least supportive Rather than I think maybe like 10, 15 years ago, it could have felt like you were the only one and you would have had no one to even talk to about it. Absolutely. It's, yeah, really good. Um, so uh, it's, um, it should be the last question, but I've got two. Okay. <laughs> so the last question that you know about is what would be the advice that you give to other people that come up in your industry? So marketing changes a lot and it's changed a lot in my time. Um, and I think what is really important is to make sure that you have the systems in place, the people in place to actually be able to keep on working on your um, like professional development. So like I, as I said, like at the beginning, I'm a charter marketer. Like I am a member of the Chartered Institute of Marketing. I do all the old school things to keep up to date. But then I combine that with having a very solid group of uh, marketers from different specialisms around me so that I can be getting information off them, asking questions, making sure that actually other people that are practicing actually with people right now to see what is happening. And that for me, I've always found that to background of like part educational, traditional knowledge base versus like live experimenting, testing background. Those two things together have been really powerful. And I think that's only going to get more and more important as I'm sure marketing will get even changing faster. <laughs> Yeah, it's because, like you say, with it all being digital and everything, it is everything is constantly marketing. Mm. It's um, with the whole Barbie film. It's amazing to watch their marketing and how they've done all of that. Yeah, well, I mean, when you've got a hundred million pound, you can do a lot of fun <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> and the fact is, you've got other companies that aren't part of that funding are actually helping Barbie by making their own adverts, but themed to Barbie yeah. because then they're jumping on the bandwagon. Um, the last question is obviously. For the podcast, they can't see, but I can see Cheryl. And behind her has got a lot of books. Yeah. Now, I find it really difficult to read uh, business books and self-improvement books. I, I, I'm i fine with pamphlets, possibly even e-books. But when it comes to a book book, I find it really hard. But you love your books. And there was a couple of reels where you've had towers of books. So if you could choose <laughs> one book that you feel changed or had a massive impact in your life, in your business, 
what do you think off the top of your head it would be so in terms of changing my life I know the exact two the two books I read were Lean In and Strong Women and I got them in April 2015 because I put a picture on my Instagram and those were the two books that got me back into reading and that was the turning point for me starting my book club and I truly believe if I didn't start the book club I wouldn't have gone in the online space so I wouldn't have then probably had the business I have today so that from just a like that perspective changing my life changing my business is a real real hard one because I and I say this to people all the time and they're asking about their favorite book is you should choose your book based on what you are working on in that moment of time because actually what happens sometimes is we can a book can be great and but if it's not what you need to be applying in your business right now it's not necessarily the most helpful thing and so actually when people ask me for recommendations I'm always like but what are you focusing on right now? What are you mm. trying to change? And then I'll make recommendations based on that. Yeah, because they might not be where you are. Yeah. So you're not just going to randomly choose a book. <laughs> yeah, so do you choose the books in your book club? Do you, are you do you take suggestions or do you just choose them? So predominantly, I've always just chosen them. I think like from time to time, I might when people join, I always let them have an opportunity to say, like, if there's any books you think would be great that you've read that you'd love everyone else to read or a book that's been on your list that you'd like us to cover. But, yeah, it's always been something that I've just curated myself. So it's I find that I need two things at once. So I went to audio, I stopped mm-hmm. reading and I got used to having audio so that I could be um, like being creative at the same time, listening to something. And it took this year, I went on holiday and I took a book with me and I forgot what it felt like to read a book. And I've always been tech based. I'm like, you, yeah, I was maths and sciences. Um, I married a computer programmer. My kids are all into computers. Our whole life is digital. Yeah. But and I, so I always defend social media. I always defend the digital. It's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You don't need books. Anyway, it saves trees if you don't use books. <laughs> and then I went on holiday and there's, it was weird, the feel of the book. And I lay there and I just, I read a book in a week and it was like, oh, this is what I remember now. And it made me focus on it more because I stopped doing everything else. And I don't get me wrong. I love, I think audio books have been great. And I'm definitely like, if you're someone that walks a dog and you washing the parts and you're doing all those things to be able to consume stuff. But I'm like, you consume it differently. And there's Mm. no denying that. So actually there's some books that I have that like money mindset books and stuff like that. I just need to hear the stories that I will buy and I will re-listen to them. But I'm like, when you're trying to implement stuff from a memory perspective, I just think reading it and then being able to like, sometimes I know people have got an audio book and then they've had to go get the book so they can see it to then start trying to implement it. So I think we all need to work out what's right for us. And I think it's probably a combination. Some things mm-hmm. are good on audio and some things are better in the real, but I love it. I love it in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's been brilliant talking to you, Cheryl. You really are. You're just, your energy is, I keep saying this, but your energy is just so amazing um so thank you thank you for coming and being interviewed today you are welcome thank you very much for having me